You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number two. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. The bottom of the hour, Canada's number one radio segment, Brody on the Beat. We'll also play a clip from the Par 3 contest that I can't get out of my head. And I'm going to try to get through. We'll do that at 7.30. The top of the next hour, the voice of the Flames, Derek Wills on Sportsnet 960. But on the line right now, brought to you by South Trail Chrysler. Inventory shortages across the city. It's the perfect time to sell your vehicle for cash. Visit SouthTrailChrysler.com. Sportsnet 960 NHL Insider from NHL Daily Faceoff. We say good morning to Frank Servali. Frank, how are you, pal? I'm good. Uh, the Flames have a pulse. I'm watching yeah. the Masters. Uh, <laughs> lots going on. I joined the 960 Masters pool. I thought I saw you Look in there. At you. Yeah. I mean, let's do it. I love it. I love the fact that you did that. Um, we got a lot Frank's of Frank's winning himself a safe. Get you safe. I, we'll get it over the border to you, I guess, if you win. We'll see how that's going to work. The range finder is pretty cool, too, uh, that you could potentially win. Um, you sent me a message on the socials. Because uh, I know you were on this show, and I asked you about Scotty Scheffler's meal. And you're like, meh. Yes. But then uh, tell us your reaction when you actually saw the photos of the sliders that they were eating at oh. the Champions Dinner. <laughs> it, they looked elite, like yep. elite-level sliders. I was thinking, like, and I don't know why I had it in my my brain, but, like, any place you go with your kids, and they're like, oh, we'll serve them some sliders. And they always, they're like, hot garbage. <laughs> yeah. Like and White these Castle? were like... Yeah, these were legitimate, like special sauce, great rolls and buns. The meat looked like it was cooked to perfection. Just, yeah, just take that and shoot it right into my veins. Yeah, mm-hmm. was the topper that there were French fries jammed in it too? Yes, that, I mean, that was really what yep. I was like, oh man, French fries, really? Yep. Veteran move. Oh, uh, mm. just delicious. I'm getting um, hungry. Yeah, um, I know it's it's impossible to win back to back there. Only three dudes have done it, Tiger, Jack, and Nick Faldo. You think Scotty Scheffler can go back-to-back? I did not select him in my Ooh. my 960 entry poll. I feel Rory? like that would have been the cheap way to go. Did you go Rory? Nope. No, he went Ooh. with Liv. Oh, Cam Smith? Mm-hmm. Oh, look at you. Will Zalatoris? Slim okay. Will? You had to get Corey Connors in there too. Yeah, he's great. There. I, he's going to be on a lot of sheets this week. I think I that know. a lot of the that gr- was the problem was in a Canadian pool. I, yeah, it was the wrong guy to put in there. <laughs> but he's an incredible ball striker, one of the best on tour. And, and he won last weekend. And it's something about the Masters. I did resist the urge of Mackenzie Hughes though. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Fair. Um, the thing is about the Masters, the greens are so lightning quick. When you're a bad putter, it could be a good thing because for some reason, Zalatoris and Corey Connors can putt at Augusta National. Which seems so counterintuitive, but it's completely true. Hmm. I never thought about that. How yeah. does that work exactly? Because the greens are so incredibly fast, they just feel more comfortable there. I have no idea why. I was going to say, wouldn't that mean you just regularly put it off the green? Especially well, because <laughs> like all the highlights of Zalatoris and Connors on the green are them like blowing three-footers, four feet yeah. past the hole. So I don't Again, know. Again, they've done well. Both of them have done really well here at Augusta National. It's going to be logic. super. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, it just uh, it works uh, for those two guys here. I don't know if logic and golf always go well, hand in hand. No, they but don't. Um, Frank, fine. just just when you thought the Calgary Flames were out, they just pull you back in with that oh. enormous three-one win last night. 
Everything was against them. All the excuses were built in. Back end of a back-to-back. They looked tired against the Blackhawks. Worst loss of the season. Winnipeg just waiting days for the Flames to get there. Mm -hmm. Jacob Marstrom's fantastic. Like, your thoughts on what a complete game that was for Calgary last night. My thought is, if I were a Flames fan, my head would explode watching last night's game. Is there anything more frustrating on the planet than a team that has the goods, has the talent, and for whatever reason just hasn't strung it together for any consistent period of time? And when you think they're out, when you think they're on the mat, when you think that the Winnipeg Jets have a chance to almost quite literally extinguish the Flames, they're alive. They're back in. They're breathing. They've got... You know, the odds still stacked against them. The tiebreaker certainly doesn't help. The game that Winnipeg has in hand doesn't help. But they have a chance, and that's a lot more than you could have said, you know, 24 hours ago. What was maybe the most impressive part of that third period for you? Because I think that was the one where it was like, all right, hey, we lost yesterday, 40 minutes of this game, all locked up, 20 minutes to go. Let's let's show what we can bring. Yeah, I think it was just kind of the stick to itiveness, if that makes any sense. Like sure. they had a real singular focus <clears throat> in that game. And despite all the things that went wrong or could have gone wrong, especially that went wrong against the Blackhawks, <clears throat> um, you know, just thinking of the shorthanded opportunities against, like any one of those that goes in, different game, different feel. To give up two on the same shift is incredible. Um, there were so many moments and facets of it. They didn't look rattled really at any stretch. And I kind of felt like for a team that was waiting for goaltending all year long, it was not only Jacob Markstrom's biggest night, but I liked how comfortable he looked. He, you know, even the exchange with Pierre-Luc Dubois, like he was, he was not rattled. He wasn't Jordan Bennington in himself around. Um, and not to say that that's in his nature, but you know, as a quick little water bottle squirt and let's move on. We got a game to win here. And that he sort of, I think the team took on a lot of the calm that he showed in net. I know that this has been kind of a narrative around the Calgary flames is just get into the playoffs because they will be a tough out just based on their depth. We saw their depth shine through last night. Didn't we? we? We did. And again, another thing that we've kind of been waiting for, right? Like where, what it's not where or when it was would this depth show up would this team you know put it all together i mean walker doer like how i mean (laughs) where'd this guy come from and and what a critical sort of piece he's been for this team you know at the age of 25 an unheralded guy that you know really hadn't generated a ton of attention or buzz i know he's gotten uh, and grown a, like a legitimate and authentic fan base in Calgary. But it just a game like last night, eight minutes, 51 seconds, opportunistic that sometimes those moments like that can be the difference that put you over the hump. Now, one of the guys that we've kind of called one of the backbones of this team is Chris Tanev and how much of an emotional boost and, and really just a, a boost on the ice. Do you think it was to get him back? Because he, he didn't look like he had missed a beat. We saw him being physical back on Tuesday and, and he makes some real key plays there yesterday as well. 
Yeah, I was going to say, it's not even so much emotional, I think, as it actually is the on-ice component. Because mm. even thinking back to last year's playoffs, like how much did that Battle of Alberta change with Chris Tanev, you know, not being available and, and then just not, you know, someone that didn't look like himself. Um, it's been a struggle. Like he's, I think, just staying healthy has been... A, a tall order for him. And part of that's due to the the nature of the way he plays. He's always in the mix, but he, he's, he is a critical piece to this team in terms of their success and, and where they could go. If they could be a threat, once they get in, could they be an upset opportunity? My guess is there's not really going to be much of one. If, if Chris Tanev isn't healthy. What have you made of Nazem Kadri's week? <laughs> It's a difficult question to answer. I think a lot of people have been frustrated. They, they think that this is a guy that checked out, um, doesn't look invested. Um, I think when you watch Nazem Kadri, there's, I don't even think disconnected or not invested are words that even exist in his vocabulary. Like that guy is a gamer, and I think when it matters, he's a guy that steps up and and has it's not championship pedigree because he that's recent, but he's a fighter. Like there's nothing, there's no quit in him, and I get what people may see and the frustration that um, I think that he's worn this season that a lot of people have worn. Um, I go back to, it was such a subtle comment, but I go back to what Nazem Kadri said when I had him on my podcast at the All-Star Weekend in January. And my last question to him was, the Calgary Flames will make the playoffs if, and he thought about it for a while, and he said, if we play as a team. And when you look at Wednesday night in Winnipeg, that it was not just a complete effort, but it was actually one of the few team efforts and like T E A M capital letters, team efforts that we've seen all season long. And he's a big part of that. Frank Saravalli um, joining us here on the big show on the, um, he's our sports at 960 NHL insider courtesy of South trail Chrysler, big show, Ruskin Rose Sportsnet 960, the fan. Um, if you're a flames fan this morning, obviously you're feeling great, but, how do you feel if you're a Jets fan this morning, Frank? Probably pretty satisfied that your team has a game in hand and that you own the tiebreaker. I mean, to equate what happened in Calgary, or sorry, what happened in Winnipeg to Tuesday night against the Blackhawks, like, why can't that be the same moment for them? you know, this is their loss to the Blackhawks. And it's not one of the worst teams. It's just that it's the Flames are proof that a one crushing loss can be overcome. What's really interesting that I hadn't really done the math on, I, I tweeted out last night everyone's remaining schedule, uh, the Flames and Jets. And yeah, there's a couple common threads there. The San Jose Sharks play both teams on the road and they are one of the worst teams in the league this season. Not that that apparently means much to the flames, but 
the common thread is that both teams also play Nashville. And if Nashville, I know this sounds funny, but if Nashville, we, everyone stopped thinking about Nashville now. And if Nashville wins out based on the, the teams that they're playing, they're also chasing them. If they win out, they're in. So it's not just about the race against, you know, Winnipeg against Calgary. Now the game specifically against the Preds really mean something. Frank, who'd be a bigger disappointment to miss the playoffs, the flames or the jets, the jets. And I know that sounds funny to say because they're a team that entered without really big expectations this season. The Flames entered with expectations this season with all the pieces that they added. But the difference is the Jets were in first place in their division for a huge chunk of the year. You know, we're talking like mid-January, they were right atop the standings, trading first and second place every day, it seems, with the Dallas Stars. To go from that to having the Flames and Preds nip at your heels in the final week of the season, it's wholly unacceptable for the Jets and what they assembled. And and frankly, they're not a, it's not like they're a young team. They're a team where the wheels have fallen off and they're they're in fits and starts. They're trying to put it all back together again and they can't. And again, just when you think that they're gonna pull away over the weekend, two wins, including a big one against the New Jersey Devils in which they blow them out. And you're like, okay, this is the moment in time where they're going to, you know, put the flames and Preds out of their misery and they haven't done it. Wanted to ask you about a story that started to come out yesterday and it's another one. Well, it's not really a new story. It's a continuing story with the Arizona Coyotes, the city of Phoenix and the city of Tempe. Um, if I'm reading this right, the Arizona Coyotes and a group that they're building with are trying to sue the city of Phoenix for $2.3 billion for interfering in their plans to build in Tempe. Is Am I reading this right? Because I don't, I don't always read through legal documents well. <laughs> well, first off, that wasn't a legal document. That was a press release. <laughs> and so when I tweeted yesterday that it looked like a Trump press release, people were all over me saying like, what, you know, what is, what do you what kind of political commentary are you making? And I'm like, no, 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 that's not the point. This was rambling, incoherent nonsense that also appears to be an incredibly frivolous claim. Two point three billion dollars from the city of Phoenix. Like, are, are you are you kidding? <laughs> and then the allegations of bullying. Like, wh- what are we reading here? Yeah. Like, I. I First off, it says is now facing a $2.3 billion claim. Well, has that been filed? I haven't seen a lawsuit anywhere. This is just um, files a notice of claim. I, I don't like, again, I'm not an attorney. I don't know what all that means other than to say it feels like, I don't know. I have a better chance of competing in the Olympics than the Coyotes winning that claim. And more to the point, it feels like, Arizona's grasping at straws right now. How's your shot? It feels like it it ain't good. Uh, Four feet. Um, (laughs) I would say this feels like they're trying to get ahead of what's going to be a very disappointing referendum. And, And frankly, is not a referendum on an arena, 
but is a referendum to a constituency that's a referendum on their franchise itself. Is Gary ever going to give up the dream of a new building in Arizona? I don't think he has a choice if this vote doesn't go down the way they want it to. Hmm. I really don't. I, I think he's, and just through his own words, he's harped to focus on the permanent solution instead of worrying about a temporary one. When they were talking about where do they go after they were unceremoniously kicked out of their arena in Glendale for not paying their bills. So the focus has been on trying to get steel in the ground and shovels in the ground on a new arena. And the fact that that's, you know, they, they might get a giant red light and no from Tempe voters well, then where do they turn next? How long does it take to even find a new space to build an arena after this? You can't go for an unterminable period of time in Mullet Arena. You just can't. You, you know, you can maybe survive three years there. But from a revenue suck perspective from everyone else around the league, they all feel like they're being taken advantage of propping this team up based on what they're bringing to the table. Wanted to ask you about 100-point scorers because yesterday Ryan Nugent Hopkins became the eighth player in the league to hit 100 points. He joins Nathan McKinnon, Jason Robertson, Matt Kachuk, David Pasternak, Nikita Kucherov, and a couple guys named McDavid and Dreisaitl up in Edmonton. Is 100 points what it used to be, Frank? Because we had eight of them last year as well, and we might go over this year with Pedersen, Carlson, and Marner all hanging around. Well, I guess it, the first question to you would be, what it used to be when. Yeah, because you go back to like the mid 2000s when Jamie Ben scoring like a point per game was like winning the winning the uh the the points the point Yeah, 87 the points he won the Art Ross. So yeah, it's it changes and, but obviously. But here's the but... thing. Yeah, if you if you look at even historically and goal on a goals per game putting everything together um and creating a level playing field there's actually a guy that's doing some great work in the space. His username on Twitter is at adjusted hockey. Mm-hmm. And he's, his name's Paul Paduti. He's actually been writing some, uh, some stuff on daily Faceoff, trying to put all that on level ground. And so basically comparing it to all eras and comparing it to specifically the eighties when scoring was so insane, what players are doing now with 100 points, they're actually kind of, uh, 120 points higher, so to speak, to compare it to the, or sorry, 20 points higher now um, than the 80s, if that makes any sense. So add 20 to whatever they're doing to basically put it on par with the 80s. Uh, Frank, sorry, is Paul Baduti the best name in anything involved in hockey right now? I think so. Yeah. He's got the, uh, the best part is He's got the PPS, the Paduti point share, and that <laughs> determines your Hall of Fame worthiness. Yeah. How fantastic is that? I love it. Paduti point share. Yep. I, every time I every time I say it, like I've been on some Zoom calls with him and I've introduced him to others and I'm like, <laughs> am, I, am I getting this right? Is this, yeah. Am I allowed to say this? Am I a lunatic? Is this correct? Yeah, I know what you mean. Is uh, this real? Yeah. <laughs> Um, where are you at on Eric Carlson's Norris Trophy race? Because this bothers me to a, uh, probably a, a stupid amount. So what part bothers you? He sucks defensively, Frank. Yeah, he's not very good in his own end. The Sharks are a terrible team. He's minus 15. I know plus minus is what it is, but for a Norris Trophy defenseman to be plus minus 15, and I also think a big reason why he has all the points, it's only because they traded Brent Burns. 
Yeah, I, I'm with you. Like, I'm really wrestling over my, my NARS trophy ballot because the actual wording of the award is best all-around defenseman. And I think too often it's just easy to take the low-hanging fruit. Carlson's going to score 100 points this year. So let's just give it to him. Yeah. What about Josh Marcy? Like we've spent the first six, seven years of his career talking about a player that was a shutdown guy. That's how we viewed him. Now he becomes a point-per-game defenseman. I I can't imagine that means that he's shirked his defensive responsibilities. I had Cam Sharon from The Athletic on my show yesterday and he, he's broken down all the numbers. His vote for the Norris would be Hampus Lindholm in Boston. Mm. There's options. I just am not – and I might vote for someone like Marcy in my number one spot, but I'm, I'm just not sold that the rest of the voting block will look beyond the 100-point season of Carlson. Uh, do, do we need uh, – and this is so frustrating and weird. Do we need a Best Defensive Defenseman Award? Is that what we need now to, to offset? I think I've, I've been advocating for that forever. Call it the mm. Rod Langway. He's the only guy in the Hall of Fame that's a defensive defenseman. And didn't wear a bucket, so, which is even more impressive. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, what a time to be alive, too. He yeah. played with a guy, Ally Afraidy, who used to use the blowtorch from his hockey stick to light up his cigarettes in between periods, which is just awesome. unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Come come over here and have a dart. Let's talk hockey. Um <laughs> <laughs> Frank, he didn't wear a helmet playing defense in the NHL. <laughs> like he, did. I, Craig McTavish it's... didn't wear a helmet in like the '97 season. That wasn't that far ago, Frank. That wasn't that long ago, Frank. Five years ago, he did not wear a bucket because it wild. gave him quote headaches. How awesome I, I is that? It. It's it's epic. It is. I when I was thinking of Ally Afridi, I also I'm thinking of my buddies. Speaking of golf, to bring it full circle, depending on how you know how far they hit their ball. They're like, ah, that's a two butt walk, Um, (laughs) which is epic. Um, And and then they leave their butt on the grass while they hit their (laughs) next shot while it's still lit. Oh yeah. They, they actually just, they flick it. Oh yeah. And it just sits there for a little bit. Yeah. Like, are we going to have a a fire here? Um, (laughs) Anyway. um, Yeah. I've been advocating for the Rod Langway forever because that way you can actually just, make it an, an outstanding offensive season from a defenseman. And you have no qualms about recognizing Carlson for his greatness because it is greatness to hit hundred points as a blue liner. I don't care what your plus minus is like, or, you know, the fact that he's been up there and even strength points and has led the league in assists on varying days this year, like that's incredibly impressive, but it doesn't mean you're an all around defenseman. And so I think there is a caveat to the award that must be considered. Frank, I want to do a little rapid fire here. I'm going to throw you some defenseman names and just yes or no, are the if the season ended today, would they be top 5 on your Norris ballot, okay? Okay. Carlson? Yes. Josh Morrissey? Yes. Adam Fox? Mm, not sure. Haskinen? Yes. Hamilton. No. McCarr. Yes. Mm. Okay. There we go. This is solved. Dahlin's going to be on there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Rasmus Dahlin. Yep. Sure. 
Man, it's going to be Hayes wild. Haskins had a career year. Like these guys are all really good all-around defensemen. This is why I think that Eric Carlson's going to win it because there's nobody else that has like a clear-cut breakaway and I just think that the votes are going to get divided up and then it's going to be the guy who has 100 points and going to end up winning it. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I think they're I think you're right on track because even for someone like me, if I vote Josh Morrissey number 1 for instance, which I'm not sure that that's what I'm going to do, he's still going to be somewhere two, three, four on my ballot. That's going to get him another pile of points to add to the list. Frank, before I let you go, does Tiger Woods make the cut? Mm? Uh, I'm going to say yes. Mm. I think he does. The fact that he made the cut last year is kind of crazy. So why not? Uh, And again, he's going to have to hobble around the golf course again, uh, a place where it is ridiculously undulating. Uh, Frank, Terrific stuff as always. Enjoy the Masters. Enjoy the Flames playoff push here. Thanks, pal. By the way, sleeping on Calgarian Kale McCarr. Oh, okay. Rasmus Anderson? No. No, no for no, the Norris. He, he, he said he's sleeping on the Calgarian. Okay, Kale I thought you were yeah. trying to give us who the Calgarian, uh, I don't know, Anderson's. <laughs> he played really good last night. And he got shoved <laughs> in the back on that really dirty play by Dubois. Bonked his head. Yeah, I don't think that many people in Calgary today are happy with Pierre Luc. No, and for a guy who doesn't want to be in Winnipeg, he sure wanted to win that game last night. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. Those two things can go in, in uh, circles that don't overlap. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for this. Uh, enjoy the Masters, Frank. Thanks. See you guys. There's Frank Cervalli, our sports at 960 NHL Insider, brought to you by South Trail Chrysler. With inventory shortages across the city, it's the perfect time to sell your vehicle for cash. Visit SouthTrailChrysler.com. All right, straight ahead, Canada's number one radio segment, Brody on the Beat. Mm-hmm. We're going to mix in some text messages. We've been asking you all morning. The flames won't go away like blank. The flames won't go away like blank. And also we're going to play. We're going to play. We're going to play the greatest part three (laughs) masters clip you've ever heard in your life. Like it's so good. It's so short, but it's so awesome and sad at the same time. And I can't, I can't help but laugh every time I think even about it. We're going to, we're going to do that straight ahead. And the voice. I of the just flames. keep listening to it in the break. Yeah, it's and, so good. And the voice of the flames, Derek <laughs> Wills, the top of the hour. It's the big show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Hey, it's Haley Salvian from The Athletic. For a look at the latest on your Calgary Flames and NHL news, go click and subscribe to the Hockey Central 960 podcast. While you're there, please rate and review the show. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems. Downtown studio at the top of the hour, Derek Wills, the voice of the Calgary Flames on Sportsnet 960. Positive dude about the Flames came on our show last week and said, hey, I wouldn't be surprised if they won five straight heading into that game against the Jets. Well, that didn't really come to fruition because they laid that egg against the Blackhawks. But just a monstrous 3-1 win last night in Winnipeg over the Jets. In a few minutes, too, we'll play uh, Brody on the Beat. Canada's number one radio segment on all formats. Talk, um, easy listening, uh-huh. jazz, uh-huh. pop, country, Rock. doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. This supersedes them all. Hip-hop, electronic. Sure. Yeah, without a doubt. Death metal, doesn't matter. Uh, Bernie on the Beats, Classical. Um, we've been asking you all morning. That the... guy who plays the jug on his front porch yep. with the washboard. It's got the three X's on it. Yep. Uh, the flames won't go away like blank. The Flames won't go away like blank. Our uh, Sportsnet 960, the fan text string robot, is Texty McTexterson. 
and he joins us for some of your tweets. Oh, oh Patrick Dumas, producer Patty Dumas, what do we got? Stephen in Airdrie, the flames won't go away like dog poop on your shoe. Yeah, it just there's always oh, yeah. that lingering smell. Man, there is uh, about a 10-square-foot area outside of my building right now that is just an awful smell. As everything is thawing and melting, and I know that it's just the one spot that people like, take their dog out, go right back inside. It is just it was, nauseating. It, Troy Stetcher complained about the people not picking up their dog poop around downtown here. That actually is the exact spot he was talking about. Yeah, too. it's disgusting Can't downtown. Really? It, it is absolutely yeah. awful what people will our, do. It's, our because, man it's because as soon as it snows, people are like, that's fine. It's just going to melt into the snow. You're and like be a gone. cat. And then the you snow just ends. Some snow on it. And the snow ends. The snow all melts away. The poop remains. Yep. Unbelievable. All right, more. Richard in Airdrie. The flames won't go away like my kids when I'm using the bathroom. <laughs> He just wants some quiet time. Yeah. Are you uh, stay just in the bathroom to... for an extended period just... of time, guy? No. You're no. not a reader? No. Uh, some t- every once in a while, I'll go down a rabbit hole, and I'll be like, what am I doing here? Like, get it together, Rose. But okay. no, rarely. Patrick, have you ever been in there so long that your legs go numb because you started reading something? Oh, yeah. Okay. I've uh, definitely had, like, the red marks on the top of your thighs right. from, like, resting your... Oh, stop. So the elbows? That's, you're so vile. <laughs> yeah. You yes, get all the pins the and needles in your legs oh, when you yeah. try to stand up yeah. after. Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. falling over. <laughs> yeah. All right. Keep rolling. Nate from Calgary, heading home on Highway 7 in minus 20. The flames won't go away like winter in Saskatchewan. Rough. Yeah, it is rough. Sorry about that. Flat there. Yeah. Yep. Pretty flat. Yep. Connor Bedard, though. Yep. Yep. Love Raleigh, on, Raleigh on Deerfoot. The flames won't go away like this booger I'm trying to flick off my finger through the side window. <laughs> hate when that happens. We've all been there. Look at look at, look at at Raleigh digging for cavemen while he's driving. He doesn't care. <laughs> no, he doesn't care. Do is that, is that the... considered distracted driving? <laughs> all right. It depends you... on how many fingers you're using. What? Oh, this might open... We might have to open the again. Raleigh, are we, are just, we cracking open Pandora's box yeah. on a on a okay. Thursday morning? The best thing I've ever seen somebody do in a car, <laughs> and I kid you not, I was driving to the other place for work. I was stuck in traffic. I look over to my right, and this dude is in the mirror using an electric shaver. Oh yeah, in his car <laughs> while stuck in traffic. Got to spend this, you know. Just no time, disregard you know? for okay. where the where the hair like, goes. Think like, about how gross that is. The guy is in his car, stuck in traffic, <laughs> looking in his rearview mirror, shaving away. I couldn't believe it. Like I, I, I was mesmerized. Yeah, I would who, be. Who gives that zero f's to actually sit in your car and shave? And does not care where all the bits go, what yep. things look like. No, nope. He's like, you know what? I'm going to sleep that extra three minutes <laughs> because I'm just going to shave in the car on the way to work. I was actually watching a, I don't know how it came on. It was after a TV show, but it was one of those TV programs for a cordless shaver. And one of their selling yeah. points was you can bring it with you in the car. And yeah. I went, What? <laughs> I've seen I've seen a woman reading a book, sure, on her dash, which seems very safe. 
<laughs> I've seen people eating cereal in their car. Cereal's a weird one. I've yeah. only seen that and it's always anything, sunny. But yeah, anything f- with the spoon or fork that you're eating in your car, not ideal. No, I once to be got one hand. told a horror story when I was a kid because that's what they do. They, they try and scare you out of things of a dude who was writing a note when he got in an accident and the pencil with the airbag created a problem. What? Yeah, because the airbag shoots and whatever you've got that yeah. is tougher than human skin yeah. usually pierces the human skin. So, yeah, I don't use any utensils or anything when wow. I'm driving. Um, nine sixty nine sixty. The weirdest thing you've seen somebody do while you're stuck in traffic. Yeah, we're calling an audible here. Yeah, nine sixty nine sixty. Name and location. Totally here for Again, it. the guy sitting there using an electric shaver in traffic. I I will never forget mm-hmm. that sight. Got to do what you got to do, George. Yeah, you got got to have that <laughs> clean look. What else have we got for uh, flames won't go away? Text Patrick. Kyle in Calgary. The flames won't go away like crab lice. Apparently, it's tough to rid them. A friend told me. Yes, uh, shaving your pubic area will not rid you of crab infestation. The more you know, kids. There you go. We only need to do one of those, right? Yeah. Because we got a lot of them, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. There's a shampoo you can get for that, apparently. <sighs> it's 2023. What Continue. are you doing with still? Darren from Moon River. The flames won't go away like that pesky house fly on a Sunday afternoon nap. Is there anything worse? Than when you're lying in bed, or it's a mosquito or a fly that keeps flying around, and it just drives you bananas. You go crazy over that kind of stuff. It drives my dog nuts. Like if we have a fly in the apartment, she will lose her mind, chasing it all over the place. Never settles. I don't mind whatever, whatever bugs. Justin from Olds. The flames won't go away like mosquitoes at a lake on Canada Day. There you go. Okay, get that citronella out. Um, what's the mosquito population like in uh, Manitoba, Alex? It gets real bad out there, especially around the lakes. Oh my but, oh boy! Like I don't know, just Calgary. And they're like... the size of birds. Oh yeah, if if there's standing water and uh, they 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 will uh, put some hurt up. Yeah, you know, man, some spray. Do they yeah. do they fog Calgary? I can't for find my words. No, they... do they? What? Like in Brandon? Like you talking about chemtrails? They will literally like fog the entire city. To try and mitigate mosquitoes in Brandon. Got to do it. What about the population of people breathing that air? (laughs) Do they not care? Just got to use those Manitoba lungs. You just got to be built different. Oh, let's just put poison in the air (laughs) to get rid of our mosquitoes. I don't know. I just call it fogging mosquitoes? I'm pretty sure maybe somebody would know this better than me, but they would literally like at like 2 a.m. like fog the whole city to try and mitigate mosquitoes. Because you don't breathe air at 2 (laughs) a.m.? It's got to be safe somehow, otherwise they wouldn't do it. But. Okay, huh. the text line's blowing up right now. Some of these are shocking and disgusting at the same time. Yeah, fogging will occur daily from 9.30 to 6.30 a.m., weather permitting. This is a man. This is from the right oh, from uh, Manitoba's fine. provincial government. I'm sure that's fine. Hey, it was approved by Health Canada for use yeah, in 2017. Sure. It's a, a reduced-risk pesticide when applied using ultra-low-volume methods and as per label directions, does not present an unacceptable risk to human or environmental health. That That sounds sounds safe. It does. That sounds fine. Yeah, absolutely. You should trust Health Canada. So um, these text messages are rolling in right now about the grossest thing you've seen in traffic. They're fantastic. We'll get to them later on in the show. Keep them rolling in, 960-960. How many more Flames ones do you do before we do Brody on the Beat? We got three. Okay, let's do three more. 
Flames won't go away like my infatuation with Ruzik. I'm always watching you. Wait a minute, what? So what was that? Who's always watching me? Doesn't leave a name. But I see your number. Yeah. Ha. Huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hayat from name? Chestermere. Okay. Flames won't go away like my 30 days unwashed towel. <laughs> Gross. That's Dan Orlovsky. Gross. <laughs> All right, one more. Flames won't go away like this rash. Matt at the clinic from Chestermere. Yeah, mysterious rash is no good. Um, these are I I can't tell you. Some of these can't be real. Nine sixty nine sixty. The weirdest thing you've seen somebody do in traffic. I told you the story of when I saw somebody shaving mm-hmm. using an electric shaver. It was jarring. I've seen somebody read a book. Yeah, cereal eaten. But these are incredible. Nine sixty nine sixty. Name and location. The weirdest thing you've seen somebody do in traffic. We'll wrap up the show with these. They're fantastic. Um, and Derek Wills, the voice of the Flames on Calgary's enormous 3-1 win last night in Winnipeg over the Jets. And we also got to play the greatest clip from the Masters Par 3 contest ever. We'll do that momentarily. But first, um, it, it's it's a staple of our show. Every Thursday, um, every Wednesday, Alex hits the streets of Calgary and asks the questions to our listeners and complete strangers. And he fashions a Brody on the Beat, which airs Thursday mornings here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Oh, yeah. Alex, what was the question you asked Calgarians this week? So I asked the wonderful people of Calgary, if the Flames miss out on the playoffs, who would you be blaming and why? Mm. Got some good answers. Good answers. And I did it it during the game yesterday. So these are prior to... Well, they still can't miss the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, the Jets game hadn't happened, so we were still kind of in the... Angry mode? Yeah. Okay. But... Let's hear it. I never get tired of this song. He's a Brody on the beat. If the Flames miss the playoffs, who would you be pointing the finger at to blame and why? Oh, uh, that's a tough one. Um... Well, they, they win as a team, they lose as a team. So I guess I just got to go with that sort of thing, right? <laughs> I blame Daryl Sutter if they don't make the playoffs yeah, because okay. he wouldn't play QB, Kadri, and Lindholm together. Oh, oh. Uh, I think I'd probably be blaming um, the two new players that came in, Kadri and and uh, Huberto. I, I just don't think they played up to what uh, we expected. And I as a whole, I don't think the team is... It's been the top six players, but it's been mostly Huberto and Kadri. They really needed to lift the team, and they didn't. If the Flames miss out on the playoffs this year, who would you be blaming and why? Honestly, Kane. Or Kane. Holy. <laughs> no. <laughs> bring it back. Bring it in. <laughs> Probably Kachuk for uh, refusing to re-sign. But I'm an Oilers fan, so what do I know? <laughs> All right. Brody on a beat. I, yes, I am doing Brody on the beat. What's your name? What's your name? Annie. Annie, you're the first person to recognize me in like five weeks. So you have no idea how excited I'm going to be tomorrow morning. I'd say Sutter, like great guy. And I think he's great at managing teams that have an identity. But this team coming in with so many new pieces from the offseason, they obviously didn't have an identity and are still getting to know one another. And I don't think he's found the right tools and motivation to make them click. So I think it sucks. All right, and if you had to replace Sutter with anybody, is there any names that you have in mind that you mm-hmm. think would be a good fit here or maybe like a style that you'd like? Bruce Boudreaux. Really? Okay, mm. I like it. 100%. And nice guy. I feel like he can actually 
yeah, like form an identity around a team. All right, now if it happens, I'm gonna have to go back to this clip and say you called it. And, and since you since you know the know the program, I'll let you know. Brody on the beat. Well done, Alex. Um, you had a fan. I got recognized. How pumped up does that make you? Oh, I was I was ecstatic because it was not super busy either, so I was pretty pretty desperate for content. And then yeah. I walked up before I even asked, "Is this Brody on the beat?" I was like, "Yes." Yes. Oh, it was it was unreal, guys. It's it never gets old. I'll say that much. Um, what do uh, what do people at your other jobs say about Brody on the beat? Uh, you know they're a big fan of it. Uh, I send them the pod, and they're they're weekly listeners to Brody on the beat, which is okay. Really nice. I love it. Um, by mm-hmm. the way, uh, the podcast uh, get it on Amazon, Google, Spotify, Apple, or ever get your favorite podcaster. Rate and review the podcast and check it out and stuff. Obviously, five stars. Yeah. Sure. Uh, great job, Alex. Um, the text, some of these text messages are vile. People are like, gross. I can't believe it. I, I've learned a lot in the last ten minutes. Uh, there's a lot of gross people in Calgary on the on the on the highways, <laughs> and uh, they spray poison in the air in Manitoba. Yeah, is that a way to control the population in Manitoba? Is that what they do? They just say it's mosquito fogging. <laughs> Jeez. No? Didn't, okay. Didn't like that one in the other one. All right. Um, the Masters is on the go right now. Yeah, the Masters. Biggest uh, golf tournament of the year. Uh, everyone's favorite golf tournament right now. Mike Weir tied for the lead at one under through eight. Love to see that. Yeah. Uh, he's right there. One under. Um, Kevin Kistner, one under. Yeah. Uh, Mitchell. Louis, Louis Hazen. Uh, looks like his tongue's in jail. So all these guys are one <laughs> under right now. But uh, there was a clip yesterday. <laughs> 87-year-old Gary Player. Uh, God bless Gary Player. He was the first golfer to be, you know, uh, used exercise and stay in shape, stay young. The guy's incredible at 87 years old. Like, he is a marvel of how good and sh- how great and shape this guy is. But he also said something that was very jarring yesterday and sad. It's an extremely quick clip, but I can't get it out of my head this morning. Here's what Gary Player said yesterday. During the par three contest. <laughs> All my friends are dead. <laughs> Why, Gary? All my friends are dead. Why? <laughs> I love him. Like, what it, there's not a right time to say that. We know. We know that Byron Nelson's not coming around to play with you. We know old Sammy Sneed's not going to be helping you read the putt. The king's gone, Arnold Palmer. Yeah. You didn't have to tell us that, 87-year-old Gary Player. We're just trying to enjoy the Masters here, and yet... All my friends are dead. (laughs) Why? May as well go to Augusta, I guess, because, well, my friends, well, the thing about all them... Yeah, that's um, great. I'm going to the Champions Dinner, but unfortunately... All my friends are dead. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know who to sip aside. My... All my friends are dead. I'm going to have to be like Phil, not talking to anybody because, you know. All my friends are dead. That's the greatest (laughs) part three clip. And it's sad, too. It's like Bobby Jones. Ben Hogan's not coming around the corner. No. Dead. Sammy Snead, dead. Ben Hogan. Byron Nelson, dead. Nope. All his buddies, dead. All my friends are dead. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. 
But at least he's there. He's having fun. Yeah, he is. He's having fun. And then he had to make it, he had to really bring it home. His given S meter is where it is. Well, that's what happens when you're 87. Yeah. Got a good run. (laughs) Obviously, not all your friends are going to last that long. Better run than some of your friends. Yeah, they're all dead. (sighs) They're all dead. All my friends are dead. Okay. um, (laughs) At the. I can't. What a thing. I can't, I can't. He just like yells it into a crowd yeah. of people too. Everybody, like the like, video is incredible. Just listen to the applause in the back too. Like after, <laughs> all my friends are dead. Like do you stop? You're like what? What did you just Wait, say? Wait, what did he say? Should we keep applauding? All right, uh, keep those text messages rolling in at nine sixty nine sixty. The flames won't go away like blank, and uh, your your gross traffic stories. The weirdest, <laughs> grossest thing you've ever seen in traffic. I can't believe some of these that are rolling in on 960, 960. We're going to play all of them. Uh, the voice of the Calgary Flames is Derek Wills. He's going to join us straight ahead. Talk about that 3-1 win and look ahead to the final three games of the season for the Calgary Flames. Uh, and we'll also talk to Mitch Fox. Uh, Speargrass uh, Pro and the Speargrass Golf Show is going to join us at 840. Uh, April 14th, weather permitting, opening day for some golf. Let's go. Let's go. In the city of Calgary. Uh, it's all it's all straight ahead. It's the big show. <laughs> Unless you're one of Gary Player's friends, of yeah. course. <laughs> you're dead. It's the big show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. All my friends are dead.